Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackline, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcast today. We're talking about TJ Watt's inevitable return. Something that should not happen, but is happening because when you are a Watt brother, you are a little bit superhuman. On top of that, we're looking for improvements in the Pittsburgh Steelers offense and some bold predictions, some uh, buy or sells for week two revolving a very hopeful, injury ridden, the promising football team. Steven, beautiful day out here in the Berg. How you feeling, my friend? Feeling very good. Feeling very good. I'm excited. Uh, another week. We're we're getting after it. I'm I'm excited. New we new. Are. I mean that 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 win kind of last weekend kind of gives you some energy, doesn't it? I think this entering this this regular season, it was a little tentative. Like, eh, what's this going to be? Like, how how competitive are the Steelers going to really be? Like, will this defense be able to carry them? And after Sunday, I think there's a little bit of a new energy around around the team. Yeah, I agree. I I think this is what you needed football. You needed football to return. And in the fashion that it did, I mean, you want to talk about a spark. That was like putting two, uh, whatever they're called, right to the chest and saying, let's go, rev it up. That was, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was as crazy as it gets. And I think the, the leftover, the remains that have stayed with us the past couple of days when it comes to Watts injury, which is a whole other spark as it is because you look at this and in the immediate in the immediate moment you're looking at it going it's over like tj watt had an opportunity to possibly win defensive player of the year back-to-back times was on for an amazing day and then walks off the field and basically tells everybody i'm pretty much done for the season and then in the 48 hours that follow there are nine million reports coming out about whether or not he's going to play have surgery rehab what his expected timeline is comes out yesterday. Mike Tomlin says Mike Tomlin gave us more than I expected to get because he said, uh, I'm in, we're encouraged. We're in a way better situation. I was expecting. We have no information. We'll let you know. And then six hours later, we all would have got the news to me. Tomlin saying that was huge. And then TJ Watt coming out with this Terminator tweet saying, I'll be back solidified everything. I mean, it did. Is it what you, I, I don't even want to say, is it what you expected? Because this is not what anybody expected. 
So I guess the realistic thought from here, where do you go? Do you expect it to be six weeks? Do you expect it to be longer? What's going on here in your mind? Well, I feel like it, you know, it's, it's a tough situation. So I, I think they, you said they targeted week six, right? As his, yeah. as his return date, that seems a little soon, uh, especially since we've already done with, we're halfway through week two. Um, I don't know. Week six seems really optimistic. That seems like a, Hey, aim for it. If you can get there, but don't push it. Um, especially with this, this guy that you're talking about, he's way too important for you to, uh, for you to rush things. Um, but on the other side of it, you, that's at a point where you're hitting a really tough part of the schedule where you get, uh, so you get Buffalo in week five and then Tampa, Miami, uh, and Philadelphia all in a row. And then, uh, by then by week, then new Orleans, um, I, it, so you know you kind of got to measure it that way. I mean, after after you win, after you beat the Bengals the way you did, I think, like I said, you have some renewed energy. You're kind of thinking a little bit higher. You have a little bit, probably some more, some bigger expectations for this team, especially if you if you have any optimism in the offense at all. So I don't know. Maybe they do think that all right, we got to bring TJ back for this really important stretch right here where we're facing some good offenses and some good teams. But I, I just wonder how. It, it it does kind of depend on how competitive on where they're at when they hit that that kind of tough stretch and and maybe the Buffalo game is really telling if they can be competitive in that game, maybe they start to think all right let's get TJ back in the mix much sooner so we can we can really get this thing going. So I I agree with that. I think that the week six thing is just like uh okay well maybe this is when he could return but we have to see how the defense looks. We have to see how the team in general looks, how the playoff hunt is looking. Cause if the, the Pittsburgh Steelers in week six are five and one or four and two, they're sitting pretty close. If not at the top of the AFC North and Malik Reed and Jameer Jones have been surprisingly good. Alex Highsmith stays at the level that he's been staying or that he stayed at in week one. There's no point in sitting there and going, yep, get TJ on the field tomorrow. We, he's got to play Sunday. You know, you play mm-hmm. it. So I think that you might be right. Buffalo could be the game where you're looking at it going. If the Steelers stay competitive against Buffalo, if they look good against Buffalo and at that point they have a winning record, they're sitting in a good place in the AFC North. Maybe you do look at it like, yo, maybe we start working TJ back to see how good we could possibly be. Do you also maybe look at it like at that point, there's no rush to get him back if the Steelers could stay competitive against against Buffalo without TJ Watt. Yeah, I mean, the reality is they're not going to face anyone as good as Buffalo for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, you know, if you can survive that Buffalo game, and I, you know, I can't say at this point that I expect them to win that game at all, but, you know, if they can survive that game and, and be right in the thick of it, um, then you then you should have as good a chance. You should probably be expected to win against Tampa, who I thought was not very impressive in their game against Dallas. I mean, I think Dak getting hurt might've given them some help there, but I, you know, Miami, I'm not particularly scared of Philly maybe, but like these, if you can at least stay competitive with Buffalo, you can beat any of the rest of the teams on your schedule. You probably should beat any of the rest of the teams on your schedule. And the reality is the rest of the schedule is not particularly tough. Um, you no. know, uh, like we mentioned that four game stretch of Buffalo, Tampa, Miami, Philly. Other than that, this is not a daunting schedule really at all. No, I think you're looking at it and you're, you're dead on. I I mean, you're, Miami, Miami looked really good. Don't get me wrong. But if you could stay competitive or even beat Buffalo, which I'm with you, I don't expect that. I don't have that expectation. But if you could, 
you got to feel really good going into Miami. You got to feel good against Tampa Bay. Philadelphia, I think, is still a question. And then that week nine bye, I think either way, that week nine bye is when things get very interesting because then you come back and I don't care about New Orleans. What I care about is Cincinnati and Indianapolis because you go Cincy, Indy, Atlanta, which is whatever, and then Baltimore. So that stretch of games, if you're thinking, okay, we're in a good spot, we're staying competitive, we have a winning record, I think after that week nine bye is when you're starting to think, if TJ comes back in week 10 and he could get into game form against the Saints and then against Cincinnati, he's back to, even if if he peaks at 70% this season, if he's back to that full 70% by Cincinnati, you have that three game stretch where, or that four game stretch where that could really, that could, I mean, that can make or break the AFC North. If you beat Cincinnati twice this season and then you beat Baltimore the first time you play them, you got to be looking at it going, there's a, there's a pretty high probability that we are walking out of the AFC North champions. I think that week nine bye is, is where you sit and you're like, that's the first time you evaluate, okay, can he come back in week right. 10? Right. Yeah. I think that, that, I think you're spot on. I think that'd be a really perfect time because also by that point, you've already played Cleveland once and that's before yep. they'll get Deshaun Watson back. So you're, you're at an advantage there a little bit. Theoretically, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I'd probably expect them to have at least two or three division wins going into that December 11th game against Baltimore. Um, that one yeah. right after Atlanta, like that, that is completely reasonable and, and probably should be the expectation. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that that's right. There is, is where you say I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have that same train of thought. You know, Mike Tomlin's not a guy. I mean, he said it today or yesterday when it comes to Najee Harris, and this is a good transition to the offense, is Najee wants to be back on the field, but you know, you got I wish he he's like what it would like to be young again. You know, in mm-hmm. other words, like he knows that this is what the players are gonna be like, but the team has to be has to have the best interest for the player. It can't have the best interest for anybody else. It has to be like, okay, this is a serious injury. We're thinking long-term. This is the face of the franchise. We're not rushing them back until you absolutely have to be back. And, uh, you know, in the words of Mike Tomlin, you rather say, whoa, than sick him. I think he's going to have to say, whoa, a lot when it comes to, to TJ Watt in the next six to Eight weeks. Either way, superhuman ability. If I partially tore my pectoral tendon or muscle or whatever it is yesterday, I'd be out for three years minimum. Right. I, I would never play sports again, ever. I, I was told the first I had people texting and calling me and whatever. And I talked to somebody two days ago that was like, yeah, well, you know, one time I was jogging and I hit a pothole and I fell and, you know, I pulled my my pec. And he's like, and that was a pain like I never felt before. So maybe that's just all he's experiencing. And I was like, I get what you're saying here, man. I understand. But I'm pretty confident that if TJ Watt pulled his pec, he would fully be aware like, uh, you know, that hurt. But that didn't hurt as bad as something ripping in my chest. So I I don't think that that's, you know. Super he did also have like an MRI and it was a tear is yeah, definitely yeah. much more serious than a, than a pull. Um, yes, that, yes, yes. We've all pulled something that's just like, wow, that hurt worse than I've ever hurt in my life. And then we've all had injuries where we're just like, well, I can't move. 
So (laughs) I would guess that this is pretty serious. All right, Mm -hmm. let's go over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, A lot of questions about Mitch Trubisky's leash, Kenny Pickett, so on and so forth. Let's start. Let's start with the offense as a whole. Do you expect the offense to be better in week two than week one? Do you just look at it as growing pains? You needed a week to kind of get adjusted. Well, it'd be hard to be any worse than they were on on Sunday, honestly. Um, but I, I mean, no, I mean, so I we we talked a little bit about this on Monday. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed with Mitch, but. I think it was because Mitch wasn't exactly taking the the kind of risks or shots that I, I did see him kind of take in the preseason. And it was it's not like Mitch is a is a gunslinger is going to throw it all around the yard, but he's got some playmakers there, and I didn't think he really took advantage of them. Um, I, I do expect expect the offense to get a little better. Like I said, they couldn't get much worse. I think there is an element of of gelling to to what they want to do, but it all kind of hinges on whether or not Mitch is willing to push the ball down the field a little bit, take some risks. Like I said, um, you know, of course we don't have the I don't have the all twenty two films, so I don't know what uh, what his receivers were looking like on on certain plays, whether they did actually try to take some deep shots and just missed on them, but. You know, we talked about it on Monday, too. The offensive line was not as, as bad, I think, as we all expected them to be. In pass protection yeah. particularly, I thought they were they were pretty good. Um, so I, I think there should be room for them to be a little bit more aggressive, to hit on some more big plays. Um, Mitch looked good towards the end of the game, you know, kind of under pressure, leading some some two-minute drills or some last um, – some drives with his, with his back against the clock. Um, so – I, I do expect them to get a little bit better, and I think especially as they get more comfortable with each other, we we should expect that. But it's just I don't know to what degree they'll get better and how much better they'll get. Um, it really is though the the uh, leaving points on the board in the red zone um, that yes. that's something that they really need to need to clean up. And obviously, play calling gets hard down there, but you need to you need to find someone to make plays, and um, I think that's where like Mitch's legs can come into 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 play too, but. Yeah, that's that's what I saw. I don't know about you. So, yeah, I saw the same thing. I saw, you know, there's a lot of people talking about you missed a wide open. He missed a wide open George Pickens down the field. I think that was the, the biggest play of the whole game. You know, that's an that's the easiest touchdown he's going to have all season long. And I think it, I think it was panic. I think for a second he just overthought it and said, I just got to throw this out of bounds and get rid of the football. Should If he waited half a second longer, he's got a wide open George Pickens touchdown easy 70 yards. I don't remember what yard line it was on. That was the play that stood out. I agree with you though. I think, you know, Mitch's game one and Mitch's ceiling is not very high. It's not like you're looking for him to come in here and win MVP. You're just looking for him to come in here and win some football games with the talent around him. I don't think he showed that. I think that he showed that there's a lot of room for improvement when it comes to winning the football games with the talent around him. Mitch should never have to win a football game. George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth should win football games. That didn't happen because he didn't put the ball where he needed to in order for that to happen. But your red zone comment is the other side of this argument because Matt Canada's play calling was atrocious. And there was a time in the in the first half where you looked at it and you went, no, Matt Canada's having like this isn't not Matt Canada. I don't think this is this is Matt Canada's fault. And then you got into the red zone. The first time, and they didn't use Mitch's legs, and they went three and out. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I get it, I get it. You, you know, you're not ready for that yet. Then the second time happened, and you're like, 
Okay, you know, that I would have I would have ran the football with the quarterback. And then the third time happened, and you're like, okay, at this point, this is 100% on Matt Canada, and there's no excuses otherwise because you have a mobile quarterback who has shown that he's good in the red zone with his legs, and you don't even attempt to use him. You know, if you have Najee Harris and Mitch Trubisky both running threats in the red zone, that makes it very difficult for a defense to protect or to stop both of them or plan against both of them. Plus, going into week two, if you're the New England Patriots, I'm not even thinking about Mitch's legs in the red zone right now because right now they haven't even shown that. So I would say Matt Canada is the other side of this. That That's not going to approve, but from what you've seen, what we saw in training camp, what we saw in practice and minicamp, there's a lot more. I know that you think the same thing. There's a lot more on the table that this offense can show because of what they've shown in these practice situations. Yeah. Do you think it gets brought out, or do you think that for some reason game Matt Canada is just a different person? No, no, no. Um, I, I really just thought, like you said, they kind of got a little too cute at certain points. Like they didn't just play to people's strengths. Um, you know, that that sounds a little simple, but you know, the you know, Mitch in the Mitch in the red zone, not using his legs. Uh Claypool like getting most of his touches on like jet sweeps and rushes, like that was a little weird too. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I do expect a change. Um, I, I just, I, you know, it's, it's, it's odd. I, 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 I think I, I do kind of, I guess, expect, I, I guess I expect, you know, after they will watch the game film and think, wow, we weren't as aggressive as we should have been. Um, but you really have no way of knowing for sure, I guess, but, um, they need a they need to change. They need a change to be they need to be more aggressive if they're going to actually, you know, win some games and win some uh win some games against better opponents because not every team is gonna spot you four picks and a couple of fumbles every week. So yeah. um I don't know if that will happen, but I think they certainly need to need to change what they're doing on offense. So if n- <clears throat> excuse me, if nothing does change, okay, and this stays exactly the same for however long it needs to stay the same. Does Mitch have a leash? If if they let's just say they continue to win, but it's pretty much the defense winning games, and and the offense plays exactly the way they've played, they played in week one. How short is Mitch's leash, or does he have one at all? I think Mitch's leash is as Mitch's leash is um, as short or long as the team keeps winning. Like you know if. The team keeps winning. They have no reason to pull Mitch out. I think. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's. I think that's as simple as it is. Um, if they can keep winning with Mitch Trubisky, whether or not he's uh, a reason that they are winning or not, they are going to keep him in. Um, yes. We talked about this a lot with Kenny. Like, there's no if there's no reason to throw him in the fire. Throw him into the fire if there's no reason why you can't keep winning with Mitch, even again, if he's not a direct factor in your winning, um, if you can keep winning while he's your quarterback, they will keep doing that. Um, I think they are trying to shelter Kenny at least a little bit, um, or at least as long as they can. Does the offensive line change your mind in your thought at the beginning of the year where it was, you don't want to toss Kenny into the fire because this offense is terrible. Does their play in week one remove that narrative? Like, I get that they still want to play it safe with Kenny. I do get that. But I think the play, does the playing it safe take on a different meaning 
after what you've seen in week one? Um, yes, it does take on a little bit of a different meaning. Like, you know, I don't fully expect if you threw Kenny Pickett out there that he would get, you know, massacred and, you know, leave, leave his first start injured or whatever. Um, because yeah. the offensive line was that bad, but there are other things too. Like it's not just facing a, an NFL pass rush. It is all of the mental processing that you have to do as an NFL quarterback. It is, it is about kind of, I think, maintaining his confidence too. Um, not just letting him, letting it go, get derailed by, uh, you know, a few bad games where he's still learning and still adjusting to the speed of this game. Um, it's, it's, you know, the offensive line was, was one, one piece of that and one piece of kind of everything that would be working against Kenny if he entered as a rookie starting quarterback. Yeah. So I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I agree with the narrative that Mitch doesn't have a leash as long as they keep winning. However, I don't agree with the narrative that Mitch, Mitch doesn't have a leash if they keep winning through their defense without a rushing game. If you can't rush the football, at all if Najee Harris has 30 yards a game all season long at some point you're going to hit a situation where you need to win a football game on offense and maybe that situation doesn't come until week 10 or week 15 or the playoffs but by the playoffs it will certainly come and you're gonna be faced with the situation where the offense needs to win a ball game if that happens and I mean, like, really win a ball game, not like, oh, you you allowed the other team to miss three field or two field goals in a PAT, and your defense scored basically twenty four points. <clears throat> I mean, like, the defense has held a team to zero or to seven, and you your offense has put six points on the board. If that happens, I think that's when. You're going to start seeing heat on Matt Canada, real heat, because I don't think Matt Canada has the Randy Feekner, I am untouchable no matter how bad of an offensive coordinator I am. And I think at the same time, I think at that point, you're going to start looking at Mitch just like, okay, well, maybe he can't win ball games on his own. And the Steelers need him to win ball games because Mike Tomlin is going to play Mike Tomlin. He makes all the decisions. I understand that. But there's always that bird in his ear that is Art Rooney saying we need to win football games. We need to win football games. We need to win football games. And if this is a Super Bowl quality team on defense and the offense is the worst in the NFL, Rooney's going to be sitting there going, we have a Super Bowl quality defense and you're going to let the worst starting quarterback in the NFL continue to play. And I don't think that's Mitch. I don't think that's Mitch. But I think that if it continues the way that it looked in week one, you could hit you could hit a spot where you're like, okay, well, we just lost seven to six. That is inexcusable. And I, I think Matt Canada's job relies on a lot of it. So he might at some point bring that up and be like, hey, you know, maybe we got to think about it. But I think the biggest thing is the is the running game. You got to get the running game going before we could have any excuses about Mitch Trubitsky or whether or not he should be the starting quarterback or have a leash. But, I mean, do you expect the running game to get better? I don't expect the running game to get better, especially if Najee's hurt. Like, I just don't expect it to right. get better at all. Yeah, I, that's a big point. That's a big part of it. Like, uh, if if Najee can't – Najee's out for a while, then no. It, there's really no 
chance. Even for if he's in, like even if he's in, if he's yeah. if he's playing with a with a hurt ankle and a uh, recovering Liz Frank sprain in his left foot, like you, right, and you're you're not rushing for more than thirty yards, thirty five yards a game. That's not happening, right? Especially with you know, uh, this offensive line. You know, I complimented it for I thought it was decent in pass blocking, but the the run the run blocking was not particularly good. Um, so yeah, especially for a guy like Najee who's going to have to, you know, be his own blocker and kind of create some space on his own. That's, that's a big injury to have um, just a, yeah. a, a poor, it's like different from if he had like a wrist or, or something like that. It's, it's, it, he's got to push off of that. He's got to make cuts with his, with his foot. That's just, that's not a good formula. So it's hard. It's really hard to see an Avenue where, where the running game could get any better unless you get, you find some unexpected massive, uh, improvement from the offensive line overnight almost agreed agreed and the most surprising thing and the thing that has been overlooked i think in this whole argument is Derek watt played offensive football and the Mm -hmm. running game still sucked and you just like how is that possible how does Derek watt go in on in the red zone on the goal line and you don't score a touchdown at that point that says two things to me one maybe you shouldn't have made this football team two Mm-hmm. Your offensive line has certainly improved in pass protection, but has not pr- improved at all in running the football. And to be honest, I think a, I think the more time goes on, the more we'll see how much this offensive line actually improved because the Steelers and Mitch, I got to give a lot of credit to Mitch, did a great job of moving the pocket, which is how you avoid pressure from a bad offensive line is you move the pocket. And I think they did a phenomenal job doing so. So as time goes on, I just, I don't know. Do you guys get the feeling that Mitch was doing what Steelers asked? Just don't turn the ball over. Just take risks. They took it too far. I mean, do you think that's what was asked to a degree? That makes sense. But I don't think that Matt Canada or Mike Tomlin sitting there looking at their veteran starting quarterback saying, just never throw it deep, man. Never, never throw it deep. Right. That would be a little disappointing if they're kind of, quite frankly, babying him in that way and like telling a guy that they're paying $14 million to that yes. you are not allowed to take risks. Um, I would, ex- I, I expected more from Mitch. And that's the thing. When I say he didn't play very well, it's, or when I say I was unimpressed with him, it's because I expected a lot more from him. Um, yes. I, I expected him to, I, you know, I think he can both. I don't think it's a it's one or the other. He can take risks and take care of the ball. Um, you should be able to trust him to do that. And if he can't, then he probably should. You shouldn't have signed him, and he probably you probably shouldn't have paid him fourteen million dollars to begin with. Um, like they they shouldn't be putting putting handcuffs on Mitch, and they shouldn't have to. Um, he no. they they should be able to expect more of a guy that they're paying that much money to, and that they. They, from all accounts, like anointed the starter as soon as he stepped foot in Pittsburgh. Yep. yep. And you look at you look at what the wide receivers did, and George Pickens ran deep ball after deep ball after deep ball and just never actually got the football. In my head, that's that's a route that should have been looked at and that the Steelers somewhat expected to be looked at. It just didn't work out. So I, I don't I, I I don't think the handcuffs were there. I think it was it was a little bit of everything, but I don't think that the Steelers were like, do not take a risk ever 
This is your job to just not take a risk. But I, you know, I, 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 I think that moving forward, the idea is don't turn the ball over, but get a little bit more ballsy for Mitch Trubisky. All right, let's talk about, I got some, uh, buy or sell questions before we head out of here. But first we got a word from our boys at Manscaped. Football is back, baby. We're back to seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls all over the field. And your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped's state-of-the-art technology, we'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. Meet the best valued bundle yet for the Manscaped's pocket rockets, the Platinum Package. At quarterback, the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a wily vet who makes sure the unit is running smooth and scoring nonstop. With proprietary advanced skin safe technology, the lawnmower limits mistakes, protects the football, plus it's waterproof, so the weather conditions are no issue. At running back, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer built to bust through all the right holes. A hairless nostril just helps to keep a nose for the end zone. On the offensive line, we have our unsung heroes, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray, the Trent Williams and Corey Lindsley of Sack Protection, standing strong to keep your boys fresh and clean through all four quarters. At wideout, the cleanest duo in the league, the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. With their rugged scent, they attract both the ball and all the ladies in the crowd. Plus, these two leave your skin and scalp feeling more hydrated. That means more plays on the field and less water breaks. At tight end, the product that makes your end look tight. Manscaped's anti-chafing boxer briefs, a dedicated jewel pouch to increase ball handling, and a cool, steady vibe thanks to their moisture-wicking fabric. On defense, there's only one thing you need. The aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. With refined cologne-quality fragrance, it keeps sweat and locker room scents from making any ground. Plus, it dries clear, so the opponent won't even know what hit them. And to top it all off, we threw in the best coach in the league, the Shed Travel Bag, as a free bonus. Built to hold the team together, this travel size bag has a fumble-resistant zipper. This has got to be a Super Bowl-winning roster, but don't take my word for it. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, and all you have to do is use our code STEALERS20, Manscaped for turning your player into an MVP. Go check out manscaped.com. Got to love them. That was a good, that's, those are, these are great ad reads. I love when football season's back because they just get better and better. I don't know how I, uh, this is, this is years. This is practice. My friend, this is a year of practice. First couple of times, definitely got some laughs. I, uh, you're, I think the- you're, you're really a professional. I, <laughs> I, that was, that was really quite an ad read. I don't know if I would have been able to do that. We, uh, I think the best part and maybe the worst part is that my fiance's entire family does not watch this show ever. Mm-hmm. But what they do is they go through every one of them and find the ad reads and then like oh, show God. their friends, the ad reads, aunts and uncles, grandma and grandpa. 
I'm like, do we really have to, uh, like, I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I get that. You know, somebody should make me just a public ad reader, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really, you know, like my mother-in-law doesn't need to be out here here in my manscaped ad reads. I just, I feel like, eh. all right. Um, check out some questions before we dive into maybe we don't have any questions uh mason would have made that deep pass to pickens do you think uh do you still hope that mason's gonna end up in dallas uh, no i hope better for him that he doesn't you know i don't <laughs> i mean it'll end up that's just a joke about the cowboys but um because but like yeah i i do kind of hope for his sake that he that he does get traded somewhere um you know dallas seems like a tough spot to be in but hey it's a better shot than he's getting here so yeah yeah and, i mean at this point Dak's gonna come back by week three so it is yeah, what it Jared. is but there's a there's a part of me that's like i just want to go up to mason in his locker and be like hey man if you're not starting for the dallas cowboys on sunday you should probably fire your agent and get right. a new one because right. this is ridiculous this is yeah. this is ridiculous all right before we head out of here i got some uh buy or sell questions for you heading into week two of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the last time we'll talk before week two. Got some questions. All right. Number one, buy or sell. Chase Claypool leads the Pittsburgh Steelers in rushing for a second week. I do buy that, actually. I'm buying that, Uh, especially Najee injury. Don't really know what that's going to entail. They really love those jet sweeps. I think they're going to try to get outside of the Patriots a little bit this week. So, I, yeah, I'm buying that one. I'm buying that one, yeah. All right. So, I am also going to buy that one. I think that Chase Claypool is one that they're going to try to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. And a lot of people are saying sell. Jalen Warren is the guy. We will see. I, I don't know. I feel... I feel like maybe, but, but, but I will say that it's got an asterisk because I do expect the leading rusher to be like just over 50 yards. If Najee has more than 50 yards, he will be the leading rusher. Whoever cracks that 50 yard mark will lead the rushing no matter who it is. But I think, but I do, I do feel good on the, on the buy as well. All right. Number two, George Pickens leads the Steelers in receiving yards against the Patriots. See, this is that's a tricky one because I feel like Deontay is going to lead them in catches again, or maybe Fryermuth where he I feel like Mitch kind of developed a rapport with him, to, especially towards the end of the game. But I think Pickens could hit on a deep ball or two that really carries him throughout the rest of the game. Okay, all right, I'm gonna agree with Faceless Man here. I'm gonna sell it, and I think Pat Fryermuth leads the team in receiving yards. Just about a hundred yards, like just cracks a hundred yard game. I think they're going to throw him over the middle a lot more than they did in in week one. I think he is, he's going to be their go-to to to get, I think this is the game. This is the game that Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada are going to start looking and saying, this is, we got to get Mitch moving. We got to get the ball moving. This offense needs to do something. I don't know if it's going to work, but I will say that Pat Fryermuth is going to be the key to that one. Let me add on to that one. Buy or sell. Pat Fryermuth leads the team in receiving touchdowns in week two. Oh, yeah. 
oh, I think that's uh, if they throw a receiving touchdown at all, I think it'll be to it'll be to Pat. Um, that's just a good good spot for him. Like like I said, the the red zone was a struggle for them, but I feel like once they get down there, if they get if they can get down there um, against against the Pats this weekend, I think Frymuth will be one of the first guys that Mitch looks to. Um, he was kind of a security blanket uh, during OT and in that in that fourth quarter. Um, that yeah, I love that. Bye. All right. Yeah, I think it's that's an easy one. Bye. You got to You got to go by Pat Fryermuth should lead this team in touchdowns this season. No questions. No yeah. questions. Um, all right. Staying with the offense. Buy or sell. Mitch Trubisky throws for over 200 yards against the New England Patriots. That's a tough one. That is a tough one because 200 is just such a low number. Um, <laughs> such a low number. Such a low number. Threw for 194 against the Cincinnati Bengals in five quarters of play. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm leaning, I'm leaning by I'm leaning by because just because I think uh someone made a good point in the comments, like the Patriots linebackers, not particularly good in coverage. Uh That'll be a good chance for Fryermuth and some of those other guys who play in the slot. Um, I think Mitch is gonna like dink and dunk his little a, a little bit uh, to get his way over that two hundred. I'll, I'll buy it. I'm, I don't feel good about it. If you, if I was putting a a betting line on his on his passing yards, it'd probably be right at two hundred. Honestly, like two hundred and a half or something. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna buy as well. I'm gonna say we're looking at two twenty five ish and a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns. Home field, Patriots looked terrible. Real bad. There's going to be a lot of momentum going in the Steelers' way. Najee Harris isn't going to be at 100%, so you're going to want you're going to want to try to throw the football way more than anything else. I mean, I think he might even get to 200 just with like like that last like 25 yards might be like four little shuffle passes that yes. just to like Gunner that just like somehow mm-hmm. get him to two like oh seven. So yes. I'm gonna buy that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna feel good about that one. All right, going over to the the other side of the football, defensive side of the football. Start with Alex Highsmith. Another, he had three in week one, a two plus sack game for Alex Highsmith in week two. Only had six oh. total last season. I'm I'm selling that one. You gotta assume a bit of a regression back to the mean. Uh, it's not that I don't. I think we'll have a good day, but three sacks is a lot. It is a lot to do. Um, in some ways, what the Steelers did to the Bengals is an unnaturally good defensive performance, even for a good defense. I I have to sell that one. It's just it, it's just smart to sell on that one because it's he just played he played so well, and it's just so it would be so unrealistic to expect that of him. I expect him to replicate that. All right. So I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to buy it. I see where you're coming from. I do see where you're coming from, but I, I think multiple sacks. I, this is going to go a lot into Malik Reed. I think Malik Reed's going to play well enough that the defense can't just say Alex Highsmith is our only guy we're covering. Larry Ogunjobi, Cam Hayward, DeMarvin Leal. They're tough to say, okay, we're going to focus on Alex Highsmith. We're going to pick him to be the guy that we're going to shut down in this game. I I think two sacks, he might get that second one. Like, you know, it might not be the cleanest sack, but 
I think that he finds the quarterback again, starts it off, you know, the ball rolling. And then I think the season slows down a little bit for him. Let's stay with the linebackers. Malik Reed finds the quarterback in week two, his likely first start as the steel with the Steelers. Yes. Buy that one. Buy that one easy. Um, this is going to be an absolute slugfest. Um, Patriots offensive line, like you said, the whole team didn't look very good against the Dolphins last time out. Um, offensive line gave up. Like Offensive line in particular did not look great for the Patriots. So, yeah, I, I think you give Malik a full game against that offensive line. I, I absolutely buy it that he hits Mac Jones at least once. Okay. I'm also going to buy it. I think Malik is – Malik's a starter quality guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's not he's not a star by no means, but he's a starter quality guy who's had his fair share of success in the NFL. And I think this is going to be his game that says a lot of things. I think Mike Tomlin is going to look at this guy heading into the game and say, because Mike Tomlin likes to do these things. And he's going to say, I need you to show everybody that we're going to be okay without TJ Watt. And I think right. Malik's going to take that personal as he should, and I think that he's going to go at least at least find the quarterback one time. Plus, like you said, the Patriots offensive line is terrible, which I don't get. How is the Patriots offensive line terrible, but Alex Highsmith isn't going to find the quarterback twice? Right. Yeah, the, it means you kind of hate to put it on him this early, but Malik Reed has a lot has a chance to make himself a lot of money over the next, you know, five, six, seven, eight weeks or however long it is until TJ comes back. Oh, lots and lots of money. Possibly, I mean – He's 28 years old, so not a, like good money, really good money. But even if he plays well enough where the Steelers are like, well, we have to bring him back. I think that's I think that's not a bad one. All right. Finish it off here. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Secondary comes up with another multiple interception game in week two. Yeah, actually, I have another one after this, too. This this is a bold one, but I'm gonna buy it. Uh, I quite honestly, I think the you know it's possible the Patriots and their new receive you know and Devontae Parker and Mac Jones kind of get more on the same page and stuff like that. But I I just have a feeling that like Minka's gonna eat Mac Jones alive. Um, they I don't know. There's just not uh, he Minka's kind of the kind of transcendent talent that I don't think the Patriots have on offense and i think he's uh, i think two is is a good uh, this is going to be a defensive struggle anyway between these two teams i think but yeah two picks i i could see that easily so i'm, I'm gonna buy that one i'm gonna also buy that one i think the steelers secondary is so overlooked has been overlooked all summer long all summer long, I feel like I've defended Akello, Cam. People have been high on Levi, but I'm like, he's like the third best. Minka, Terrell Edmonds is playing solid. Like he, I don't even want to say finally. I think he's the perfect role for what the Steelers ask of him to do. I mean, I just, I agree. I think that's an easy buy. Easy buy. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to end it here. Minka Fitzpatrick scores another pick six back to back weeks you say that's impossible you say that cannot happen i don't i don't remember it was never back to back weeks but minka's initial season in pittsburgh i believe he had three defensive touchdowns so it's not impossible and he looks much better than he's ever looked in my life minka fitzpatrick scores another touchdown home this- opener in pittsburgh by herself 
I don't know. This kind of question feels like throwing, throwing, uh, throwing darts at a dartboard blind. Like you just, this is not the type of thing that you can like really bet on. I feel like there will be a defensive touchdown on on Sunday. I don't know if Minka's going to do it. I I think I have to sell that one. Oh, you're going to sell it. Okay. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. Maybe, maybe this is just my emotions getting the best of me right now, but I'm, I'm going to buy it. I think that the the crowd is going to be wild. The defense is going to be insane. Mac Jones is going to be flustered. All Mink has got to do is get his hands on the football. If he gets his hands on the football, chances are he's finding the house. I mean, I just, I think that everything is going against Mac Jones, unfortunately for Mac Jones. And this is going to be, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be a back-to-back touchdown, possibly back-to-back defensive player of the week, week for Micah Fitzpatrick. Love it. Um, Is this the guy that Kaboli compares you to all the time? I wouldn't know. I've never seen the Wonder Years. Me neither. Me neither. We need a picture. Somebody toss a picture in the comments afterwards. All right. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. I will be back tomorrow with a live stream. Make sure to check out everything at allsteelers.com. Enjoy your day. Go use our promo code at manscaped.com. Peace. <laughs>